Yeah, welcome to uh, the charity episode of Red River Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Neil was like, because it was supposed to just be me laying in, like, I, I guess when we were doing it at like 3, or 3 p.m., you couldn't do it, right? For me? Yeah. Yeah, and then I got a uh, company coming out, so it's a little crazy kind of day, but uh, morning's all good. Okay. Um, and then Parker was doing like OT. So yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm like me and you hanging out. He's like, that doesn't sound like fun. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, cool. Yeah. Listen, uh, Red River podcast episode 123 uh, with Neil Rubenstein again. So we're hanging. I think it's like your third time on the show. Uh, first, first was always interesting. It was like around the time that we first started talking. And I remember like a Parker was like, Oh, we should have on my friend Neil. And I was like, okay, cool. And then he, he got there and I think Parker just stared at him and I was like, all right, I guess I'll talk. <laughs> that was in Parker's basement. Yeah. I was in Parker's basement. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, met, I wasn't on that one. I don't think. I don't think I can make that the first one. You were washing your hair. I was on a second appearance. Second appearance. Well, th- that was like when we did the, the best of, I think we were talking yes. about like maybe like rock albums or something. Something, yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, Neil sitting in, I believe, Fort Wayne, Indiana, right? Yes, sir. So, I'm still, uh, I'm still waking up. I'm yeah, that's little, cool. Road I'm dog little, in it, huh? I'm a little hungover. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? I mean, like, but bang over, bang over. Okay, yeah, I, I bang over. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, you know, if you were gonna break edge, this would be like a, you know, we would be on on blabbermouth and lamb goat right now if if you dropped that revelation. <laughs> well, I, I'm not edge anymore. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, right around. Right around Thanksgiving last year, when I broke my leg, um, I got prescribed oxy. Oh, nice! And and I didn't take it at first. I have a bit about it. I'm not going to do the bit, but okay. I didn't take it at first, and then uh, and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm taking it." And and now I'm not addicted to oxy, but now I like uh, I'll do things. Uh, I'll I'll do things socially and. To help sleep and to help with pain and stuff. Whereas I wouldn't have done that in the past. So yeah, I mean that that's a that's a big one. I mean, for someone like me, like I never took oxys, but like that's because I was hooked on heroin. So you know, like I just I kind of feel like we were on you know it's on the same level, you know. So like it's it's been a while. I remember the last time I did that was in 1998. So it's been a while, but I, I still well, remember. Well, the, the classier way to go because it comes with the doctor script, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the same well, thing, but you know. yeah, I, I'll you know I'll I'll try heroin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> probably it's probably cheaper. It's probably cheaper. It's definitely easier to get. No one will give you oxy. Yeah, like when I'm like, well, there's this one. <laughs> There's this one kid at the club in Tulsa I work. He'll bring me oxy all the time. Um, <laughs> but like, if you ask for oxy, people are like, oh, you have a problem. And I'm like, no, no, I just, 
And then as whatever you say after no, no, is they're like, oh, that justifies mm-hmm. my thinking. And it's like, no, literally, I only want to do it once a month. Like just like a, a fun party, you know, after a show, perfect circumstances, a one of a, just group, you know? And people are like, no, no, obviously you have a huge problem. You're addicted to heroin. And I'm like, no, dude, I, I literally have done, I've done Oxy like eight times in my life. I just, I would like to make it nine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like, was it even like a big deal, like mentally, like, I, cause I know you broke your leg and you broke your leg pretty fucked up, right? Like you're, you're like, you were pretty out of commission for a while so was it like a, a mental thing where you're just like i don't want to take it because anytime i got an operation it was the same thing it's like oh, i can't really take this because of of my history so like i you know even when i got my eye operation i didn't take really anything they just numbed it so was it even like a like like i would mentally kind of like you know torture myself about it was it a big deal to you or not really i i would say that like at, at the beginning at the beginning it definitely was like when i when i first was like i i mean i tried an edible like four years ago and that was like really the first where it was just like i was just i was making the hard separation like i wasn't i wasn't doing the edible edge before that how long were you like my whole my whole so, life, whole okay. life. Never yeah. and <laughs> so it was like it, it wasn't like when i tried the edible it wasn't like oh i'm gonna start doing drugs it was just i just wanted to end that part you know what i mean like i just wanted to have a hard separation i was just like i'm like because i stopped claiming edge a long time ago and yeah, like, yeah. realized the toxicity of that mentality and like you know um it's weird that this went down this area but like for me it, it, it was like i was impossible to be around because i refused to take mood altering substances you know what i mean like I, like i have something wrong here and like i wouldn't take chemicals to fix this and was literally a nightmare to be around and it was like, what, what, like, because of a cult I joined when I was 16 and didn't know anything, you know what I mean? And then, like, I look back at some of those people, like, I, I mean, I don't want to air this laundry, but some <laughs> of the people I was around back then, like, those weren't good people. Though they were just a different kind of bad people. Yeah, I got, I get it, I get it. Yeah. You know, like some of them are good. Like I have lifelong friends that are still edge, you know, like that's, I'm not, but there's like a toxicity to that behavior, to that mentality that like, I, I had to work really hard to get past. So like, I wanted a, like a hard edge on that, so to speak. Um, So yeah, so I tried an edible, I was in Denver and like, whatever, you know, everyone made drugs legal, but they made it mandatory. So I was like, all right. Do some. I'll do edibles. I'll see what it's about. It was fun. It was fine. I'm yeah. still not like a huge edible guy. Like now that I'm like allowed myself it, to do it. Is it? Is it because it's like so? I like I've never tried an edible, but I mean like they they seem kind of like if you eat enough of them, they could kind of like knock you on your ass. Is it? Was it just not like as fun? So, 
I don't think I don't think I do drugs correctly. Like I don't think they have the same, <laughs> like I just don't think they have the same effect on me. That they there, have, there's that a I YouTube hear. channel for for that. You could you could figure out how to do it correctly. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, <laughs> like I know how to get them in my body. I just don't think. I don't think they they work the same for me because I've tried a couple of different things now and I like I have a buddy Dave uh my buddy Dave in, at at home in Oklahoma he like will like experiment with drugs like we'll just like sit in the living room on like a Tuesday and like do like today we're doing this it's like all right let's see what this does and he'll like <laughs> be like you know, he'll be like, you know, you know, in a, you know, bundled up, like watching the wall crawl and like, he's like, this is crazy. And I'm like, I'm going to make grilled cheeses. I don't know what the fuck you're doing, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, don't, I don't know. Don't that's, work. that's like, uh, so like, I mean, Langan, I'm sure you remember this. Uh, definitely for me, like that's, that's what my teenage years were like, for sure. Like we, we just mm-hmm. went head first into it and. You know, it's like we like I remember, you know, uh, yeah, like like the first time I took acid and stuff like that. I couldn't really like it was just crazy. And you see like these posters that my friends had and everything came to life. So like it's funny that you say that you're doing that now uh, because I, I think I would I, I wouldn't even know how to handle that. I'd probably never come back from that. <laughs> trip. So but I'm, I'm glad you're having those experiences because they, they are pretty uh, they're, they're a lot of fun, man. So, you know, so like you're in, you're in Indiana right now, but like, so you left Long Island and then you moved to fucking, uh, Oklahoma grab this coffee. Yeah. God, <clears throat> we would get fucked up and watch the wall and be like, we're so cool. Yeah. I can hear everything. It's just, I just kind of, <laughs> we were <laughs> my first time watched the wall in the Woodstock movie. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're like, yeah, I remember. So I, I had this conversation recently with Ron Grimaldi. Uh, like we would we were just like in love with drug culture as like teenagers. And we even went to the Chelsea where like Sid and Nancy, like, you know, supposedly, you know, Sid supposedly like stabbed her. No one really knows. And we're like, hey, we're going to go here. We're going to do heroin and have sex. <laughs> That's kind of like what we did. We're like, oh, you and Ron? Ron? <laughs> you and Ron Grimaldi? <laughs> exclusive wow. right here you just dropped that all casually <laughs> how wait how old were you uh when i did Last that week we, we were <laughs> we were probably like 16 17 ron grimaldi no no i was just having a conversation with him about it oh. <laughs> i thought you i was like you were doing the heroin with ron grimaldi it's just like i was like that is and then they fucked that is an epic tale that is <laughs> Yo, shout out to Ron Grimaldi and his beautiful uh, hair. You know, his, his gorgeous hair right there. You know, Definitely. he's a fuck. Like, I, I mean, I the people watching this know who he is. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been on. Like, he's a legend. Like, he's a. I mean, that's there's. I mean, a couple I, of our I, highest listened episodes on YouTube are with him. Are his? Yeah, yeah. 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 He's and like, he's like. I mean, he's the like. He's you know like. I mean. I'm friendly with him on a personal level, but I still like we're like when I see him, I'm like, I can't believe Ron's here. Like he'll be in my car, and I'll be like, I can't believe Ron's in my car. Yo, so this is very true, and and I think it was, <laughs> I think it was Dave Castillo that said he called him like the Oracle of Metal. Like it was just like anytime you saw him at a show, he was just like flow. Like he was just like I don't know. Like you're goes, like Ron's here, but it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. 
I remember we drew. I mean, it like some John Nolan show or something. Like, like I, I forget what it was, but we're, we're driving back from the city. We're driving back from Brooklyn. And there's a homeless guy under the underpass. <laughs> and Ron's like, is that Eric? <laughs> and we're all like, yeah, it's probably Eric, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, of course you know the fucking homeless guy <laughs> under the big Huey underpass. Like, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. If you say it's Eric, it's Eric probably. You know? Yeah, listen, I mean, Ron's, you know, he's definitely uh he, he's the homeless whisperer for sure but like, i never met him until we started doing the show but when i did i was like oh my god i've seen that guy at every, every show i've ever been to in my entire life ever been, and i yeah. haven't been like that's that guy oh that's who it is All yeah right. that's that guy for sure yeah no, i know so, him too but i uh, met him because he sold me records when i was 14 like he like he's Love the guy. Yeah, no, for sure. We and and he he speaks highly of you too. Heroin with him. Nah. <laughs> he writes the best reviews of yeah. Sam's uh, band. Funniest reviews I've ever heard. Yeah, anytime I post a song, like I talk to Ron on a daily basis, and he's gotta uh, be brutal. He's gotta he, be brutal about your band. I can't really post everything he writes, but the things that I can post, I love. Because it's like if I post a video, even like it, it's just like he, he'll be like, what was the, my favorite one? I think it was like w- one of our first videos. And he was just like, this song sounds like Elton John taking a bath <laughs> or something like it was just something so ridiculous. But he's like, but it's very catchy and I can't get it out of my head. So I'm like, all right. All right. So like at the very least, you know, but like he'll like like if I post anything like even yo. This is how fucking amazing Ron is now that we're on the Ron show. I posted the band for Squirrels. I posted that video, you know, with that song. And he messages me and he he has this long ass for Squirrels fucking story from like 95 or or like 94. Like him and his friend, like his friends were like egging people in the city. And I'm like, I can't believe I post for Squirrels, which is a pretty obscure band. Yeah. And he fucking has this long ass story about it, but he had no idea like the tragedy. But I'm like, he's just he's he's in like him and the watch are like just like ground zero for like almost everything. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but yeah, shout out to Ron for being amazing. But uh, so, Neil, how long have you been on the road yes. in this long stretch or with? I mean, I don't his, know what you want to like. Yeah, his stretch. Is, <laughs> I don't. His stretch started when he left here. Like he's been on yeah. the road for like. How long have you been? Yeah, it's, when did you leave? I left. I mean, I get you an exact date. I left April. Jeez. Uh, uh, March twenty sixth. That sounds about right. I like that. Okay. March, March 26th of 2021. Wow. And I mean, if you, if you look at the, if you look at the, like, if you look at my route sheet, there's a 10 day period in June where I just lived in Rich Gatchion's basement in uh, Rhode Island and uh, stayed with Jody in Vermont. No shows, just living with them for like 10 days. And then there's not another full weekend off until September. 
And then, yeah, 10 days off in October. 10 days off in December. And then January was a little rough because the tour got canceled. But other than that, I mean, we're talking less than less than eight weekends off this whole. Wow. Yeah, it's, 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 it's been amazing for sure. Like to watch, you know, because every usually, you know, you post your your itinerary like every few days and stuff. And it's just like just this pack thing. And like I know when we play like four shows in a row as a band, like by the fourth show where I feel like very oiled. Hey. Huh? Hey. Yeah. So it's like, we're ready to go. It's like, all right, give us like the next four. So like, I mean, comedy has to be the same thing. Like at this point, I, I feel like you could just do, you could just do it. <clears throat> I can get up in the lobby right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can crush. Yeah. I can crush that, bre- that breakfast crowd. Crush them right now. And, uh, <laughs> well, wait, I mean, yeah. well, waiting for your coffee, but and yeah. that is a very Long Island thing to do, though. If you go to a go, a go to a bagel place, there's always that one guy that's trying to make eye contact with you to do a stand up routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, can you believe this fucking weather outside? Oh, <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, so, Had enough for you. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, can you believe the price of gas? It's crazy. Pizza, uh, forget about it. <laughs> but uh, so like. All right. So do you feel from the time that you've been doing it, like you, you've been no doing feelings, you've been, <laughs> none left. Thank God. Is that yeah. what you're going to ask? No, no I was, was going to, I was going to say you, please. People that feel too many things are definitely not anyone that I want to hang out with. I like people that don't <laughs> feel things, but Amen. in the very beginning of like, of, of, of when you started to like, now it's like, you, it, like it has to feel like you're just completely, you hit a stride. So like, to me, I want to know what it's like to be such a road dog because you are kind of like living on the road and there has to be super pros and super cons to this. Uh, I mean, I can give you the con list. Give me the con list. Fucking it's lonely. Okay. I'm like, it's bad. Yeah. Super lonely. Like. Um, uh, I never feel whole at home anywhere. You know what I mean? I go back to Long Island and I feel like I'm the fucking enemy. Like New York hates me. You know what I mean? Just like the city itself, just like, like repels me. And then uh, I can't do, I can't talk. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we need you to cry. We get ratings that way. Yeah. I fucking. I never feel at home anywhere. Is that it? Is that a good thing though, or a bad thing, or is just is is it just what it is? Because I feel like you the, you don't have a beat plan. This is what you want to do, so it's like you're like I've never seen an itinerary like this. Maybe it's very common amongst comedians, like on that that you know. I mean, I like to think I'm a uh, <clears throat> a little a little more aggressive than the average. Yeah. Joe, uh, or Jane, or <laughs> um, yeah, man, I just because uh, I lost a lot of time, like COVID, fucking put a real damper on the whole thing, and then I went, and like as soon as clubs in the rest of the country started opening, I just started going out again. So like uh, around October of twenty twenty. I went to like Wichita and 
Tulsa and Oklahoma City and Vegas and wherever was whatever was already cooking, I was there. And then when I got back, I did like a month, October, November of 2020. And when I got back, I immediately broke my leg. And so I was back on the shelf. Like it ended up being 16 weeks with no shows, just like Zooms and stuff. And yeah, as soon Zoom. as I could Zooms. I was what? gonna say I was gonna say Zoom. So like create like creatively, like when you broke your leg, like uh did it help you like write more, or was it more of just kind of like, man, this fucking sucks and like I don't want to do anything? Yeah. So like I'm already, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know how well anybody knows me. I'm already like a lunatic. Like I'm already like uh, like a suicidal maniac, manic depressive, anxiety ridden. Like I'm a nightmare to begin with. And then that, and then COVID put me in a bad place. And then one, when I broke my leg and then they were like another, like it was like 14 more, the, the, it ended up being 16 weeks with like all the bullshit. But when he said it could be 14 weeks, I was like, I was like, load the gun. I was like, I don't, I was like, I can't do another 14 weeks on the couch. I can't do it. Yeah. I, I, and it's funny because we have conversations and <clears throat> so I, the conversation usually goes, I'm like, yo, what's up, Neil? How's it going? And like, I feel, <laughs> I feel like something like super, like kind of like bummerish. And I'm like, all right, man, just checking in. Good to talk. <laughs> <laughs> because like just to a moron like me like i can't like relate like that's the one thing about like uh i maybe just from like growing up and being in jails and rehabs and like just basically having like the worst <clears throat> outcome until like my late, middle 20s and later like to me um at, like I want to fucking face fuck every day when I wake up, I'm like happy. I'm like, this is cool. I'm like, I, I get to write a new song. I get to do a podcast with my buddy. Um, you know, like you just I, like freedom. You like freedom. I guess I just like, I just like, like, I don't want it to end like my life. I love my life. So whenever I talk to someone with, with the opposite, um, you know, uh, view on that, like I get it, but it's just like, man, I wish I could relate more to that. Because whenever we the conversation goes like that, I'm just like, damn, I'm like, I wish I could just kind of like shake Neil and be like, life, life is so good. It's like, go. But, but that's the thing. It's like, I've like, I, I've done it. Like I, I did the, I did the coolest shit. You my did. Whole life. Yeah. Yeah. You did. I did it. And it's like, it can't get, it's not getting cooler. It's getting harder. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. it's like, oh, well, if it's not going to get cooler again, you know, yep. and I stick around because like I see like cooler shit on the hot, like in the, in the, on the horizon where I'm like, oh, like that's a cool thing I'm about to do. Like, let me go see what that's about. Like, let me go poke that with a stick. But if it turns out that it's like, oh, that was, that's way worse. I'm going to be like, all right, peace out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this guy, you know, from from like tour managing some of my favorite bands to uh, uh, annoying the shit out of Tony from No Doubt. I mean, you, you've you've done it all across the board. I mean, I've seen it. You know what I mean? <laughs> what is the annoying Tony of No Doubt story? I, I, I don't know. Huh? This one. Oh, really? Yeah. Can it be told? 
can it be told? If not, we'll just okay. chop this, but I respect that. Yeah, I'll tell this. All right, I'll tell this. I mean, I'm just going to tell like a little part of it. I'm not going to yeah, tell yeah. the whole. Yeah, sure. Still Langanen and, yeah. and, and the RRPs. <laughs> Is that what they're called? Yeah. So I have like a, like a trial run. I was going to assistant tour manage the band, no doubt. Uh, for what like year are we talking about? It's like, oh, one, two, okay. maybe two, oh, two. Mm-hmm. Whatever year, the year that they were on the VMAs. Okay. Uh, it was the year that Axl Rose broke out the new Guns N' Roses before the new Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like when it was just him and it was like, with- Buckethead and all that, huh? After with Buckethead and that whole lineup, I think. Yeah, um, but that fir- that first incarnation, Bumblefoot or whoever the Ta- fuck. Tommy yeah, no, Stinson, it was Buckethead, huh? Tommy Stinson, yeah, right? No, it was the it was before Tom. I, oh. I don't think Tommy was in it. Oh yeah, so ready. then before, okay, yeah. It was like oh one oh two, whatever year that he did that on the VMA. It's basically Axl Rose and four guys who are not Slash, right? Right, <laughs> but not this like you know not the <laughs> not the one that was at the Hard Rock in 2010. It was like 2002. Yeah. He did it on the VMAs. The yeah. new one that's kind of like the old one, but not quite the old one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so whatever year that is, I mean that's look upable. Gotcha. Jamie, uh, look that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah get you, Jamie, can you pull that up? Here, Guns N' Roses. This is epic. This is uh, quality podcasting. Guns N' Roses VMAs, two thousand two. There you go. Look how there easy. All right, boom. Look how easy. Um, what am I talking about? No doubt. Okay, so I get the opportunity to. Basically, it's an audition. We're. F- we had been getting along on another tour that I was doing that we were crossing paths with them all the time. They put me in. They were like, all right, we're going to be in New York. It's a week-long press junket. It includes the VMAs. Here's some very simple rules. I was a punk rock kid with no idea what I was doing, way over my head, and I blew it, like hardcore blew it. And the like nail in the coffin, the nail in the coffin was basically for that week. I was just Tony's hangout. Like I just want, I just had to make sure that he got places alive because he would rather do other stuff than press. So I had to make sure that he got there. And I mean, to be honest, like it, that was easy part. That was not whatever. But he, uh, we went to like one of the after parties and I'm not, I'm not a star fucker or whatever. Like I don't like celebrity doesn't affect me. Like if we're here, if we're in the same room, we got to the same place. Yeah. Like I don't like how you got in here. We're here. We're both here. So there's no, you just got luckier yesterday or whatever the fuck. 
Like, sure. I don't. But there's like a few people. And Eminem is one of them. Eminem is like, so I was like, I would love to meet Eminem. And so we're at a VMA after party. And Gwen is on the, in the VIP section with Eminem. And I'm with Tony. I know Gwen. Tony knows Gwen. <laughs> I'm like, let's go. Let's go up there. And he's like, no. Like, come on, come on. No. Like, come on. <laughs> so we go to go. And the bouncer stops him. Can't go upstairs. And Tony's like, what? Oh, wow. I'm Tony, do I like, I just want a VMA. My ex girlfriend's right, like, 10 feet behind you. He's like, yeah, you can't go up there. No one can go up there. And he just looked at me, and I haven't heard from him since. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah. I mean, I technically that could have been the 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 beginning of the the, the, that was the stitch that eventually broke up. No doubt, I think it started there, where he couldn't reach his bandmate, and it all started with Neil. So great story. (laughs) I mean, I don't blame myself for that, but (laughs) you you exposed how big the gap was between those two. (laughs) You brought it to light. You were the spotlight. I don't like to think like that, but (laughs) I definitely cost myself a job. My life would have been way different. But yeah, (laughs) I'll tell you this about star fucking and, 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 you know, like we've all ended up in places with people um, where you're like, holy shit. And I don't give a fuck. The life around it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Laying into professional stage potato. (laughs) Shout out to, to all the stage potatoes. But the only time I was ever star tr- struck was two times. So um, uh, one was DJ Premier, where I was just like, whoa, I'm like, I don't even know. Like, this is too weird. Like, I couldn't like I, I just couldn't. I'm like, I'm a grown adult and I can't even be around this guy. And was the other time when you did heroin with Ron Grimaldi? Yeah. <laughs> well, Ron wasn't famous back then. <laughs> but the other time was a guy that, you know, very well. And anytime I see Walter Schreifels, I go oh, the I go I go the opposite way because I I just like I'm like I rather just not talk to this dude because it's like like I don't know like as a songwriter I'm like I can't even be around this guy so anytime I even saw him like two weeks ago when I went to the knitting factory I was like yep I'm going I'm leaving peace Listen, I'm, look I'm gonna tell you right now like there's a lot of like never meet your idols or like whatever the fuck. I would, I'm not going to tell you to work for the guy because it might change your opinion of him, but like, he's a very nice guy. Like, no, you're yeah. gonna, like, you're not going to feel, he's, you're not going to feel weird around him. Like, especially like meet him with Dubin. Yeah. Like you'll feel, you'll be fine. He, he's like, he's super down to earth. He totally gets it. He's just a hippie. Like, yeah. he's just, he's, you're, you'll be like, yeah, I'll be fine. He's not one of those guys. You can't shout out to Wally. There's guys in that world. There's guys like around him that like fuck those dudes. But like Walters, he like he doesn't think he's any. He doesn't act like you know. He's it's just it's like one of those like weird things where it's like yeah I don't know. Like I said, it's just it's strange to be this age and like still look at someone 
and think like, you know, I get brought back to like 1993 and I hear slip for the first time. And I'm like life changing. And now years later, I'm like, yeah, I just don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like that level of weirdness. So um, have you run into any of that in the comedy circuit with anybody like, you know, that influenced you or is a big deal growing up that you might have, you know, well, there's like one weird one because like um, I kind of watched Neighbor Gatsy get good and big. Mm. So like I like I started in like 07. I did like a little run like 07 or 09 and then kind of like packed it in. But in 07 and 09, Nate was in New York City and he was like doing just grinding, just like doing what everyone else does in New York City. Like not, you know, he wasn't like Nate yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, And then coming back to it, and he's like a thing. And then I ran into him. I did uh like a did like a new material night uh at Zany's in Nashville and he was there. And it was just like he didn't, you know, he might have remembered it wasn't like we were like boys back in the day, you know right. what I mean? Like we worked together a few times and then we, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if you remember me, he remember me, whatever. Um, and then like to see him there in that context, like now that he's a fucking huge star uh and like did it and did it the way like did it on his terms and did it like just as a stand-up like no like Mm -hmm. sex tape no other you know what i mean just like no reality show just i'm a stand-up comic working clean too yeah oh well i mean yeah you want to put all now on it yeah um i mean he's you know always but so that was like kind of like a cool like oh this is a this is like a cool moment for me like this is like oh, I'm working with you know but I get to I get to open for some like pretty great people all the time uh, you know uh, and people have been like super generous to me and helpful and you know I hope it you know <laughs> man. <laughs> <clears throat> I met Louie. So, do you guys know Sean Donnelly? Uh, sounds familiar. I don't. Yeah. He's a Long Island guy. He's a comic. He's he's phenomenal. Um, but he's like, yeah, he's like one of us. He's like old, like I know him from the skateboard days, like tons of friends in common. And he he's like uh like a, he took like a mentorship y kind of role for me for a little while before the pandemic and uh he was working the cellars and so like at the end of my night i would always swing by the cellar and give him a ride home or offer him a ride home and uh that was like a cool like it was a cool experience it was a cool thing to like go to the cellar late at nights you know i saw Chappelle drop in i saw rock drop in like you know the things the things that you hear about the place they're all true and real and it was fun to go there whatever and i remember going there one night and my my eyesight's atrocious and it's not like they look similar but they're both like balding not the best shape irish potatoey looking guys you know <laughs> so i'm at the front door of the place and there the, the comics tables the back so I just, it's dark, it's shadowy. And I, I'm looking for Sean and I think I see him and I just beeline for him. 
and like I see his eye, like he's like like scared. He's like, what the f-? like? He's like looking like, and then like a waiter or someone like you know pops in front of me. He's like, can I help you? And I'm like, oh, I was just looking for. That's not Sean at all. I'm looking for Sean. I'm sorry. And then I and then you know I realize who it is, and like the relief, the look of relief. <laughs> His face that I wasn't beelining for him. <laughs> He's like, do I do I owe this guy money? Is he is he what like is, is he after the thing? Oh, so the thing. People, uh... people were shitty to him. It was like one of his first or te- second times up, even after the thing. Uh-huh. So um, he might have been like, did I do this in front of this guy? Yeah, like two well, years ago. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> He can drink over in front of me all he wants, man. I don't yeah, know. I hear you. Be an honor. Yeah, for, for sure. I think so too. I feel like I've been trying to get like Sarah Silverman or like Chelsea Handler to drink off in front of me my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those are two. I respect. You know. You know. Uh, Chelsea is she when it comes to to nudity and being really cool like that. She seems like she's very down to earth and does not give a fuck. So shout out to her. Um, at what, point, at what point did you like? Because in all of entertainment, I always thought uh, stand up is the most balls yeah. move to make because you know, obviously playing in bands and this and that, but it's just you up there. There's no one else to uh, to you know lean on or anything like that. It's just a solo thing, and almost like the audacity to think like you can turn a room into like laughter. Like what what made you pursue? that like what lit the bar like i can do this i think you know what 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 point did that happen and what who the fuck do you think you are (laughs) do you think all right so in like oh seven whenever i started started Mm -hmm. i was doing a show i was doing like a tv show and Artie lang was a frequent guest and he said, he, uh, he, we were talking about the show and, and it had lasted like four years at this point. And he was like, he was like, you like being on TV? And I was like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's fun. He's like, well, you got to figure out how to stay on TV. And this is the quote. He's like, shit ends, kid. He just said, shit ends, kid. And I'll never forget that line. And shit ends, kid. And I was like, what do I, what do you suggest? And he's like, I start doing stand-up and writing scripts. And I took life advice from Artie Lang. And that was like, that was like, (laughs) that was like height, Artie. And 07, like the the Stern show, like was just like, they got the serious, like people loved him. Like that was like height, Artie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't take life advice from Marty Lang. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, you had sober-ish Artie. Like, yeah, it wasn't right. like, you know, it wasn't like later on fucking nodding off Artie. But and uh, we, I, yeah, we love fucking Artie. Like Artie was so the last. Much. I love Artie. I love he, him. He was the last great thing about the Stern show. Like he was just he was like the best position player in that chair. Like I always loved Jackie. And then when Artie came in and Artie was on fire. He was like the layup man. He was just it's, like it's the perfect spot for him to like pick. It's like I was excited when he came out with the podcast, but yeah, as a host, it wasn't like 
he wasn't a host. He was like the color commentator yeah. almost, you know, he like was adding shit. You know? He was position player and he he was a great position player. Mm-hmm. And he played that position well, like no matter who his sparring partners were. Like when he was alongside Norm, he was just perfect. Oh, it was perfect. Yeah. Yep. On yeah. the Norm show, dude, like it just like just killer. Mm. Um yeah. So I just so that's I mean, that's why I started. You know, I was always a fan of the craft. And so that's why I started. And I quit in 09. Like, I had gotten, like, this is, like, a, I feel like it's weird to say sometimes. Like, I had gotten, like, too much too quick. Does that make sense? Like, I didn't have respect for the art because it didn't. I wasn't good. I was not good. But. I was getting opportunities. So when people realized I wasn't good, the opportunities dried up. And it was like... Interesting. Interesting, yeah. And it was like, oh, this is hard now? Like, ugh. Not good as in, like, you you didn't have good material yet, but we're still getting gigs. Or you were getting last, but you didn't think the jokes were, you know... Yeah, because I was on on TV. Yeah. Mm And that's all that those places care about. It's like, oh, do you have credits? Like, yeah, I have tons of credits. What, what kind of credits do you want? Mm-hmm. And I had people vouching for me. I had, I mean, I'm sure Artie Lang couldn't pick me out of a fucking lineup now, but at the time he was like, yeah, you know, and I was working with Betho and Steve Sharippa. And yeah. Steve Sharippa, even, even like, I mean, I haven't spoken to the guy in a couple of years probably, but like even as recently as like, 2018 he was giving me recommendations with club owners in manhattan where he was like yeah, yeah it's my friend neil you know and like i was getting that shit it was easy and then when i sucked they were like oh we can't put this guy's fucking he's been doing it for six six seconds i yeah that's so funny i i you know like to to think of of that like you know uh and i'll 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 draw the parallel like when we started playing shows, like, you know, like we were terrible because we just started playing shows so late in life. Like it was like I started playing music like when I was like 27 <laughs> and I was like, cool. And like people still came out to watch us and we were friends. And then as 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 we just sucked nonstop, I'm sure uh, I was like, oh, OK, like no one cares anymore. And it took till now, which I'm sure you feel like you're a great comedian now. And I feel like, yeah, I'm like now I, I'm like, listen to me now. I'm like, I feel like, you know, it's a, it's such an interesting parallel. But yeah, like in the very beginning, you're like, oh, cool. We're all hanging out. Everyone comes to shows regardless. And uh, now yeah. it's like not the same because we always have that conversation about, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's 100 percent the same the same thing because it's like people would come out to see me and it'd be like, oh, we're not coming out to see you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whereas now I'm like proud of it. I'm like, oh, come, I'm going to, I'm opening for Mark Norman. Come out, come hang yeah. out. Like, oh, I'm on Frantic at the stands. It's going to be a dope show. Joe List, Mark Norman, Shane Gillis, Big J Oker said, come, come to the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas like in that middle, I was like, don't, if you got nothing else to do like hey listen because i would always do that it's like yo if like if you guys are in the area and you want to come hang come not a big yeah, deal. yeah. <laughs> so yeah so now it's like 
like get yeah, like now it's like a party every day because it's like I want everyone to come hang out. So like if I'm in Fort Wayne for a weekend, everyone I know from fucking Fort Wayne is gonna be around at some point this weekend. You know, I mean, not that I know like a ton of people, but I know like four or five people here. Listen, if you know one person in fucking Fort in Wayne, Fort Indiana, Wayne? That's, sure. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's like the that's like the most random town ever. Like, I feel like that's a sitcom town. I've only heard it on like wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, and when yeah. you're performing, obviously, when when you're getting laughs, it's got to be the greatest high in the world. But I'm always like, what's it take me through when you eerily he, eat he, shit on he, stage? He like, just had what he, is that like? He just had, right? Like you just had a night in Wilkes I mean, I blocked Bar. it out. What was it? Wilkes Bar. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you get into it and you just lean into it, like fuck it. You know, I'm already in this far in. Like uh so there's there's sometimes I can lean in. Like if there's comics in the back or the staff, I can usually lean into a bomb and just work they call it the back of the room like i just work for the back of the room well i always heard that fellow comics don't they enjoy when someone else bombs or something like that especially like if it's good material like if you're bombing with good right. material right like it's it's funny to be like wow man like that joke didn't work are you kidding me these yeah. these people suck they don't know what they're in for you know yeah. i remember there was a there was a there was a show there was a show in austin my first time in austin texas after the the mecca Everyone moved to Austin. And mm-hmm. so me and my me and my good friend Abby Washuda went down there and we're like, let's go see what Austin's about. And we went down and my brother was there at the show. And the whole show, everyone's bombing. Not one person had a good response. The whole show, the audience was atrocious. And I was like, I'm not even gonna do material. I just got on stage now. I was like, you people don't even know what you got tonight. I was like, you got. You got comics from around the country. You got the best comics from around the country here. And you're on you're on your phone. You're talking to your friend. You're a drunk asshole. And I just I just burn the room down. <laughs> I mean, not trying for laughs, you know, and right. like even the comics were like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna walk this room. I don't give no, a like I was like, I'm walking <laughs> the room. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And then oh. I was like. But I, I thought I was last. So I was like, oh, we just tearing it down. And then someone was like, someone in the back was like, someone has to go after you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, everybody. My bad. All right. I've been, I'm Neil Rubenstein. Uh, bring up your next colleague. I just like, <laughs> Let's get that off. bachelorette party back in here that just left. Yeah, the bachelorette <laughs> party for sure. Yeah. There, were, there, yeah. was, there was a time where, where Cool Keith played the Velvet Lounge. And there was a band after him, but he does his set and it's like a 70 minute set. Everyone loved it. But then for about, I would say like 45 minutes, he decided to do, I wouldn't call it stand up comedy. I would call it more of like an Andy Kaufman routine on the mic, <laughs> like where people like were like, oh, like 10 minutes. It was funny because it was cool, Keith. And then the band after him, like to this day, still hate him because he fucking <laughs> like annoyed the whole fucking room. And uh, it was just really funny to see because, I, I mean, I wasn't playing last, but like he he basically took up a His whole Tony Clifton routine. Yeah, it was fucking bananas. <laughs> like he was just like, ah, you ever like you ever 
like think of refrigerators and like this. And we were just like, yo, what the like it was on <laughs> airplane some- peanuts. What's the deal with that? Did he yeah. get into- <laughs> <laughs> to this day, Paulie Blunts is like, fuck cool Keith, but we love cool Keith. He's he's been on, but yeah. So before we wrap up, uh, Neil, I just want to say like the Motion City soundtrack tour uh, looks pretty cool. I know that it got postponed. I know that you were pretty bummed about it when it happened. I would have been, I would have cried. Uh, maybe I wouldn't have cried, but but here we are with June, July. Uh, just tell me how excited you are for that. It, I need like it has to happen. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I'm like I'm very excited. I can't wait. I have a, like uh, yeah. I mean my whole like so I'm, I'm with I'm opening for Ben Bailey this weekend. I'm opening for Liz Mealy next weekend, who she's a beast. I'm opening for Mark Norman the week after. I'm opening for Ian Laura the weekend after that, and then the Motion City tour. Like I am, I am stoked for these next couple of months. Like everything is like coming up, Neil. You know? Yeah. If that show, if that tour, man, if it's just the cursed tour, don't don't. How long is that tour? Like how long? Yeah, two months. Two months of work. Yeah. Nice. Two months of work and you're not driving. So that's a big thing, right? Yeah. Just remember, don't shit on the <laughs> tour bus. No. Can't shit on the tour bus. <laughs> and, and it's like, and it's like those are my those are my dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I mean, I've been friends with those guys for, for a long time. And like, you know, I'm like, it's gonna be a bl- like even the week that we were out in the COVID bubble when the tour got canceled the first time, like, I mean, even that was fun. Like there was like a overall umbrella of like sorrow, but you know, getting to get lunch with Tony and Jesse every day is fun. You know? So it's like, eh, well. ever since, uh, you know, like you told me about that band, like I, I have been listening to them and uh, they're very good. Um, yeah. Especially Great that pop songs. Yeah, I mean, I would always see the name and like, to be honest with you, there was a time where people um, mentioned them, you know, like somebody would be like, oh, you guys kind of remind me of Motion City soundtrack to us. I'm like, I don't know who that is. And now I listen to them because you're doing the tour with them. Uh, Really cool power pop songs. So um, super happy for you. I love uh, what I love about them is like the juxtaposition between like how happy the songs sound. Very much. Yeah. And how depressing the lyrics are. <laughs> like I, I love, I love a good suicide song and a major C chord. You know, yeah, like, that's. <laughs> I mean, that's isn't isn't that what we love? You yeah, know, for sure. Great. Like we, uh, you know, it always comes down to like the Smiths and stuff like that, where you're just like, you're singing these lyrics. Uh, you know, even like uh, the Misfits, you're just like, wow, these the lyrics are kind of dark. You know, the other day I covered Last Caress and I, I, I said before we played Last Caress, this song, you know, imagine writing Last Caress in 2022. Like people would be like, oh, no, you can't sing that. But it doesn't matter now. Like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, this song's old. And it's like, you know, I got something to say. I killed your baby today. Everyone's like, yeah, it's a cute little oldie. Man. Yeah, for you sure. Know. On the classic rock channel um cool all right so i mean listen i think we covered basically everything i had um how it has uh oklahoma city been as uh your new home like does it i mean not that you're really there much but like does it feel like home well yeah like i said like nothing feels like home anymore which is like i I guess it's like a some kind of mental hurdle i have to 
deal with, but I, they're very welcome. Like it's been unbelievable that like, so when I, so that was my first choice was Oklahoma city. And I called one of my buddies cause he has like a spare room. And I was like, Hey, you ever consider renting out that room? And he was like, I can't because of the studio, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right. So then I started like looking for places and I found a place super cheap in Asheville, North Carolina. And which so is popping, like, right, huh? which, which is like a popping place now. Popping place. I got friends there. I got family there. I was like, this. I could definitely do this. This is not. Th- this isn't like giving up. You know what I mean? It's just like this is a cool. I could do this. Um, and it's close enough to good comedy scenes: Charlotte, Atlanta, Nashville. And I was like, all right, and it's you know not far from New York either. If I want to yeah. pop back up, whatever. Uh, so I was like, all right. I put a deposit down on a place and I was still, you know, I was still on the road. So it was like, I, you know, maybe I put the deposit down in May and I was like, oh, I'll get there in August. And then in that time, my buddy Dave from Oklahoma calls me and he's like, he's like, you're not, he's like, you're not moving up north. You're coming to Oklahoma City. He's like, give me, give me a couple of minutes. Let me work on this. Yeah. And he found me a place. Like basically the same price as what I was gonna do in you know in Asheville, and then you know I met the guy who I was gonna move like I I met the guy whose house it was, and we hit it off and like that guy is like you know like I remember posting the other day I was like uh, if I end up living in St Louis it's because of these two like and I posted my friends in St Louis who I I love St Louis I love the people that I'm friends with in St. Louis, like I have good friends there too. And I posted, oh, if I end up in St. Louis, it's because of these two. And then my roommate slash landlord replied to me and was like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> Stayed yeah. in Oklahoma. That's and good. it's like, oh, that's nice. You know what I mean? Like that feels good, you know? And How, how long before Oklahoma hates you though? <laughs> well, that's the thing. So I, I feel like I have a six week shelf life. With everything, you know what I mean. If I'm with you for six weeks, those first five and a half weeks, like we're probably pretty good. That that <laughs> six week we turn, and then it's like we we find out right away. Like, are we are we really boys? Are we meant to last? Yeah. Or are we gonna have a rough rest of the year? Are are we like Sam and Ron at the Chelsea Hotel? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We or we like sit in Nancy and I'm stabbing her in the chest. Yeah. You, know? you have like an expiration date. Almost. Yeah, for sure. I'm a nightmare to be around. I get it. I fully get it. I remember my brother. So I was with my brother. He lives in Austin now, and he, and he's very good friends with his ex-wife. And like whenever I'm down there, we get we get together the his ex and his daughter. And, and uh, you know, he's like, oh, it's funny. He's like, we're better friends now that we're not together. And I'm like. Yeah, because the Rubensteins are impossible to live with. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that doesn't that, surprise me at all. Like, of course, yeah, they like you better when you're not there. <laughs> I, I I would say that like my when my parents got like separated, divorced, like um, I don't even remember. Maybe it was like in my teens and stuff. And I didn't care. I wasn't one of those people that like was like devastated by it. To me, I'm thinking like these two are not going to fight anymore. That's pretty cool. And then later yeah. on, like, like they just got along so much better not being together, you know. And to me, I'm like, that's a win. 
It's like, okay, yes, cool. I mean, look, I'm not, I know what I am. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's like, I feel like that's like why I can like, I can uh, like do the self-deprecating stuff because it's like, I also know my positive. I know my pros and my cons. So if, yeah. Like if I'm like, hey, I'm fat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, you're fat. You don't have to sugarcoat that. I'm fat. I'm handsome, but I'm yeah. fat. <laughs> like, like you can be both. It's okay. You can be both. It's it's really hard to 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 just be, you know, fat and ugly. That would be very hard, you know. So to me, like I just lost 10 pounds and you know, I just told Karen, I was like, that's a, that's kind of you know, I mean I still have like another 60 to go, but <laughs> but yeah, it's like you could be fat and handsome, or you could be skinny and ugly. Like those are the two things, you know. You can't be fucking like, you know, you can't be fat and ugly. You could be fat and ugly if you're like the nicest person. Just so fun to be around. You got to be very nice. Because you got to you got to be you have to be so fun to be around that it radiates through the ugly because people aren't like that's like. Like psychologically, people don't be like, oh, there's no, no body shaming or whatever. Bullshit. Bullshit. If you're a big, ugly, fat guy. Yeah. You're, you're like on hate lists. Yeah. Also, don't forget this. This is a big deal too at this age. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. yes. totally. How we doing? You know, like, all right, all right, okay, I'm all right, it's right. fine. You know, but um, oh, so real quick before we end this, um, you know, as a fat guy, as a fat guy that's on his way to Queens to go get some Colombian food, what are some of the, your favorite spots that you've eaten at? Uh, because you're driving all over the country. Uh, Mexico Tipico in Milford, Connecticut. Uh, Taco Ray, R-E-Y. And it's in uh, like right outside Terre Haute. I'm not going to. Okay. I'm not going to look it up. Uh, it's right outside Terre Haute. That's like some of the dopest. Those are the two dopest Mexican places. Um Wow. Who would have uh, thought, in, in thought Indiana would have like the, the dope spot? No, it's dope. <laughs> dope. I, I, my feeling is like you could, people cook everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. You I don't know. know. I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I don't have the only thing. I'll try. The only thing I remember about Indiana is uh, Woody Har- oh, No, Woody Boyd lived there. Uh, I think he lived in uh, <laughs> Woody Boyd right. from, from Cheers. Right. <laughs> he, he was uh, in Hanover. <laughs> so I don't know. You know yeah. <laughs> And uh, when I'm in the southeast, there's a burger uh, chain called Jack Brown's. It's as far north as Cincinnati now. It's a beer. It's a burger craft beer bar. Yeah. And it's just like 10 burgers on the menu. No substitutions. No lettuce. No tomato. It is what it is. Yeah. It's they have a burger called the Cobra Kai. It's cream cheese and habanero jelly. Yeah. I like a I like a burger with kick. So. You know, I need I need some kick. And then they have like a daily special on Wednesdays. They have the Popeye, which is spinach and artichoke dip and frizzled onions. Yeah. Jack Brown's baby. That is gotta be so the two things that I would imagine traveling the country like you do, uh getting to eat it at cool spots that you would normally never get a chance to, and also listening to a lot of music and podcasts. So yeah, I get into ruts where I just listen to the same thing a lot, but I do, 
I go back further, I feel like now. Oh, yeah. Like, I listen to a lot of 70s. Like, I've been on a huge Cat Stevens kick. Like, just everyday rocking kids. And also, like, I'll do things like where, like, I never listened to, for instance, My Chem. Okay. Never listened to him. Me neither. But then, like, you know, Mm -hmm. I became friendly with Frankie over the past few years. And so I was like, oh, let me... People seem to like this band. Let me see what this is about. Yeah. And like now I'm like on a huge my chem kick, like 20 years too late. You know what I mean? I, like, I, I like, I think so. They have like four or five songs that I think are just phenomenal. When I hear that I'm not okay song, I'm thinking, oh, or, or, or Helena, I'm thinking like Helena, you, those are the two. And then there's one on a later record, Party Poison. Okay. The, yeah. Or Poison Party. Those three. Are like those are bangers because they're perfectly written. Like you hear, I'm not okay, and you're like, every octave, like it's like okay, like it's it's like simplistic, like um, as far as like the guitar playing because it's so repetitive, but that's what makes it awesome. And then the yeah, melodies, and then the structure, and you're like, oh, you guys wrote a perfect song, and that's what yeah. that's what you need, you know. Like when you're playing that stadium, and you play, I'm not okay, or Helena, you're like, everyone's like, oh, this is the banger. Yeah. And to lead a record, like to lead a big record with that song, Helena, like, yeah, like that band was destined for whatever the fuck they got. Yeah, I mean, they're they're um, doing their thing. uh, Like Alkaline Trio, like I can't stand them, but there's like three or four songs where it's like, all right, those are like like those (laughs) songs are some of the best songs ever written. And then everything else is trash. You can throw everything else right in the garbage. Do you know what they are? Because that's like my favorite band. My favorite modern day band is Alkaline Trio. Yeah, that's trash. They no, have four good songs. What would you know what the songs are off top? Stupid Kid. Okay. Uh, is this thing cursed? Oh, good one. Uh, we've had enough. Okay. That might be it. Those three. Those three. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. You throw everything else around the garbage. I couldn't. I'd be fine. And that's and every time I try too. And my buddy Mikey. My buddy Mikey is like my pop punk guru. Like he's the one where I'm like, what, what am I missing here? You know what I mean? And he's like, you're not missing anything. He's like, you're right. <laughs> so they, I, it's funny. Like when people, like when people try to like label my band as pop punk, it kind of like hurts my heart a little bit. Maybe we are. I, I don't really know. But like, yeah. um, when when people do Third that, wave emo. <laughs> when uh, that might even hurt more. Um, but right. when <laughs> I don't know, just the word emo. Your favorite bands are third wave emo. Are they? Ghetto Kids, Jimmy Eat World. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If if I'm in that class, then for sure, like that, that's where I want to be. And um, and playing with Matt was like talk about like, like a like you're you you know what you mentioned with that comedian that that you you that you played with when when you first started. Um, same thing with Matt. Like playing those two shows with Matt Pryor was such a big deal to me because he's such a he was such a influence on my songwriting that it was like a complete goddamn trip. And uh, to have him here to have him say like really cool things to me and like Dubin as to like, you know, the songwriting that I was doing, I'm like, man, that's fucking killer. So, but yeah, I love get up kids, but whenever someone refers to alkaline trio as pop punk, I'm like, damn, I'm, I feel like there's so much more than that, but uh, I don't know. Maybe they're not, maybe I I'm just looking at it through a different lens, but to me, like alkaline trio and the misfits are like from the same planet. So um, yeah, those are like two of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 
the yeah. fuck planet is that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you like, I'll say the Bronx are like modern misfits. Like if Misfits came out today, yeah, the last Bronx, Bronx record. New Bronx album. Yeah, the the new Bronx record is amazing. Phenomenal. It's the best they've done in a minute, I think. By far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. Because like when it I heard like it, I was, one, two, six, or whatever the fuck. You're you're there. right. Because yeah, one and two, yeah, like I think it was like White Guilt or something like that. Like yeah, like the self-titled, then the one that Gilby Clark produced, and then this new one are like the three that I really like a lot. Yeah. So, new one's killer. Yeah. Has a dud or two, but yeah. Are you a Red City Radio fan? Yeah, amazing. Blow me away. I, a lot of the earlier stuff. So that's one of those bands that like when you watch live, they're an inspiration as to why I was like, I need more backup singers. It's like, I can't just be me. You know what I mean? Because like, yeah, it's those like guys, those guys. Yeah. yeah how? Well, but just, he writes, he writes sick melodies. Like he writes. But then he, when they do it live, it's like, how, how do all four of you guys fucking sing? Like that's. Yeah. When you see that live, it's it's powerful. Like you hear it on the record, it's cool. Like you can do whatever on an album when you're recording, but when you perform live, that's what we got. Like uh, you know, Jess and Jason. So there's like three of us doing vocals when, when I when we do our thing live. But like when you see Red City Radio, it's like power. It's like four of them and they're on point. I, they're the total package to me because like they look it and they sound it. Yeah, and they act it. Does that make sense? Like, no, absolutely. Yeah, Garrett. Garrett's fucking super talented. I don't. He might be the longest member in the band now. I'm pretty yeah. sure. But like he, uh, and 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 like like with every band, they're OKC. They're Oklahoma City. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Edmond. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Kind of, I guess. Well, he lives in Edmonton now, but he's from. Yeah. He's from where Mikey is. Like that's where I moved, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a really killer band that uh, I feel like they're they're popular, but not like they're they're popular ish. Right. They're they were not... gunning, They were about to get their moment right before COVID. OK, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they, they did I a think, TBS tour, I think. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then they had like less than Jake or something right after that. Yeah. They were like they were they COVID fucked them hard. COVID, that... COVID ruined it for them. Them and the Menzingers are like the two bands that I think are like just like they're they're killing my ear right now. They're just constantly. No, I'm not touring. Never gonna tour. It's just impossible. I it's like that's why we just make stuff and yeah, it's impossible. Impossible bands, huh? Impossible to do with the bands. By myself, I could probably go out like do stuff, but like it's not the same. Like to me, it's like it's. I love what we do. We, you know, we like get- let's say, let's say hypothetically, total bullshit. We're not, we're not booking anything. Garrett Dale, you and me open. You could do that or you can't do that. Oh, I could probably do that. I could probably figure out a way to do that. Yeah. Like, if, like something like that that makes sense. We, yeah. Like me personally, like, yeah, I, I would be like, okay, I'm taking off you know, uh, a certain amount of time at work and, you know, something like that. I would, I would definitely do. But as far as like to get everyone else on board, as far as like the band, 
you know, it's very hard to do anything other than it's like, hey, let's do three shows here or three shows there on a weekend, you know? Well, I mean, that's how Incendiary was doing it for a while. Absolutely. And they fucking just like, yeah, absolutely. Incendiary, I might have written the book on it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Just five guys with day jobs and they just coordinate their two weeks off to all be, you know? Yeah. 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 I, and also they're, they're an amazing hardcore band for someone who's not really a hardcore guy like me. I could listen to those records and be like, oh, this is like you could tell like this is like the cream of the, you know, of the crop. As you're far a heavy, as, like, you're a heavy music guy, right? You like Langan. Um, I, I don't listen to a lot of hardcore either. I mean, I have listened to them. They are great, but um, I don't find myself listening to much hardcore punk anymore. But uh He's he's too busy listening to Enslaved and uh, Opeth. I'm so all over the place, man. I was just <laughs> listening to James Brown and shit before I got on this call. My, my Spotify playlist is fucking confused. Yeah. My algorithm <laughs> doesn't know what to do anymore. Yeah, my algorithm gave up. Yeah. No matter what radio station I put on, it just puts on the same 10 songs. It's like, we think you like these. We think you like these. But uh, I there's do- nothing worse than like a regular radio station to me. Oh. Like it really might be the worst thing on the planet. Like I if, if I hear like one song, like I, the, the shop next to my office where they have the radio playing and the same songs, like over and over. Like at my desk, I got Spotify. I'm listening to my shit. But I'm like, if I worked out there, I would fucking kill myself. Yeah, I would you, not be able to produce anything. <laughs> you you forget like until you go because I I'm never in the vicinity of a radio like you know so mm. like but like when you go to like get your hair cut or some shit like that you're like oh my god like what's going on in here like this is outrageous. It's but, always um, been bad, but it's like all time worse, and I think it also has to do with the the hit songs being produced to all sound the same. A lot of the top well, forty the same, with the like, same the recording technique. The same vocal sound, the same whatever, so it's even worse. And then it's so crazy how um, how slowly it cycles out. Mm. Yeah, like uh, like I like to hear what's happening. Me so too. Like, Me too. Once in a while, I'll I'll turn on a regular station and be like, oh, what's what's hip right now? Mm-hmm. And it'll be like you know a Katy Perry song, a Harry Styles song, whatever. And then I'll turn on six months later, and it's like still like that same Katy Katy Perry song, and like you know still a little Nas X song and it's like still <laughs> you're telling me in six months you couldn't fit something else in here you know, you when I was still one? when I was still DJing it got to the point where like this guy I knew that was in a DJ pool where they would send him CDs and whatever was popular and you know they had a rock one they had an urban one they call it if it was R&B hip hop or whatever they still use that term but he would make copies for me i would put them in my cd player on the way to work that night without ever hearing it a couple seconds but yeah that'll work check nah it's it was so predictable what yeah. was like I'm like without even knowing shit about any of it or even how the whole song sounded it's like yep that'll work that won't that work like that I love that mathematical uh, just recently, like Neil texted me. He's like, oh, Nems, I get it now. (laughs) 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 What made you come to that conclusion? Uh, uh, I forget what it was. That was a while ago. Yeah. But it was it like the music or was it like the viral stuff? Like the don't disrespect. No, no, it wasn't that. You're not going to fool me with that shit. Yeah. 
Um, oh no, it was a song. It was, it was a song. I remember. It was a song on like President's Day that that you listened to, and you're like, I get it, because you you told me what song it was. I remember. The 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 viral like I was talking I was talking to some comics last night about the like. You know, because it was me, an older comic and a younger comic. And like exchanging perspectives on like TikTok and Instagram and all this stuff. And it's like, well, you know, we got to embrace it. It's changing our industry, like adapt or die, really. Yeah. You know, yep. you know, some people have like credits that will endure the test of time and some people don't and they're going to need those videos. And then it also helps young comics kind of cut the line or a little bit you know i think you know talent always perseveres i believe but you know whatever um and then it's like well my dumbest shit will do incredible and my smartest shit will die on the vine and then i'll get comments on my dumb shit this is stupid <laughs> It's like, yeah, but it's your fucking fault, dickhead. Yeah. Go fucking go share the smart one, you you fucking tard cart. Get the fuck out of here, man. I'm stupid. Yeah, no, I know I'm stupid, but the, the fuck. It's Three it's million views. It's asshole. really it's really riling people up that gets them to comment because like very few people will like take their time to be like, you know what? This is absolutely amazing. I guess some people just listen to something like, oh, that's pretty good. And then they keep it moving. But if some something is so dumb or they hate it so much, they're like, oh, I got to tell someone about this. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't I operate on a different level. I, I don't really subscribe to that. But I guess most people like you, you could fucking scroll through the Internet and you could find like, I love when, like, Ted Nugent plays the Paramount. I'm like, oh, let me just read these comments because I know it's going to be good. And it's like, <laughs> it's just like a 100 comments of people that are never going, never listening, talking about how much they hate Ted. And I'm thinking, like, why would you even waste your fucking time? Yes. to like, you know, it's like. Uh, I think it, the other way, too, though. Oh, the other way. Yeah. Thank God, a real American. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's fucking crazy. I'll buy 10 tickets just for me. <laughs> but um stupid that's it people be like people be like oklahoma city <laughs> and i'll be like yeah not as redneck as mastic yeah i'm going to oklahoma city yes that is kind of true believe me because I, I i've been to mastic. True. i've been to, yeah, i've been to Ma i've been to mastic recently and uh i i got yeah yeah for sure. Suffolk County is all rednecks. Yeah. This is our second interview in a row that's dealt with Mastic. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Rick, Rick, Mastic Rick. and oh. Mad Yes, smoke. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to hashtag just, that Mastic. I just saw him. I just saw Rick. Where? He came to see me in Hartford, Connecticut, him and his wife. Nice. Oh, because he moved there. That's yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, because he told us on the last show, and he's like, I'm in Connecticut. I was like, you are? I'm like, that's so fucking random. And he explained to us the situation as to why. But uh, yeah. Hey, Fred, what, the fuck off Long Island. Everybody move off Long Island. Place sucks. I'm here. Trap. I'm it's here. a trap. I'm here forever until me, you, and Garrett go on tour. So, uh, yo, Neil, thanks for hanging out with us. I got to go. Man. I got to go to Flushing uh to go get some colombian food and meet up with my dad and uh, hang out with nanny hang out with fran drescher 
Yeah. Oh, I wish. I love. You know what? We, we did. Mm-hmm. We did a, a top ten celebrity crush list uh, like two episodes ago, and uh, you know, I thought like Fran Drescher was pretty fucking smoking back then. A hundred percent, bro. Yeah. Still kind of. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like could that. still get it. Did she, did she, she was on the mayor. She was yeah. playing like in. She was playing like a an aging sex symbol. Okay. She uh, they called it a tram page. She was on a tram page. Oh, that's funny. And I was like, hell tram. yeah, Fran Dresser could still get it. Oh yeah, absolutely. She was always yep. and boobs were never big, but she didn't need it because she she had a great body, like great ass, mm-hmm. and, and her face still looks amazing and stuff. But uh, and yeah, if you're from New York, the voice isn't a turnoff. No, no. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I can see someone from, like, Indiana being like, what is that accent? But from New York, like, yeah, Grandma. So I, I, uh, (laughs) like, uh, our our mutual buddy, Mark uh, O'Connell, we we were recording some drums, like, last week. And me and him were in the car, and he turns to me, and he's like, yo, how did Dave get that accent? Like, the bass player in our band. (laughs) Just like, what? Because, like, Dave, like, sounds like Marky Ramone. (laughs) And I just thought it was the funniest thing that two guys from like Long Island are wondering how the third guy sounds the way he does. Yeah, we're drinking beers and wine tall. <laughs> Pizza, forget about it. Yeah. So uh cool. Yo, Neil, thanks for hanging out. Thanks, man. Um yo, thanks for having me. Thanks I, for bringing I, Brian. Yes, yeah. I know. Totally. <laughs> he he he's the only one that actually had questions. Um thank God. Yeah, I know. Totally. Uh, it was just me and you looking at each other. I'm a professional. <laughs> you know, but uh, thanks for the... Alexa the... has Karen. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for the charity that you gave us. Uh, don't forget us when you become uh, a gigantic comedian after this Motion City soundtrack tour. Um mm-hmm. And uh, we, yeah, man, yo, kill it. I mean, your itinerary is crazy. Hopefully we get to link up uh, when you come back. I know we had dinner last time you were here, so hopefully we can do it again. And I guess that's it. That's it. Have a good show. Good luck. Thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. I'll see you soon.